Hello and welcome to another episode of the 7-Minute Meditation Podcast with me, Andrew Suit. Thank you for listening. This is where I'll share with you a piece of my heart, mind, and soul in about 7 minutes. Today is a 7-Minute Message episode where I share in about 7 minutes a sermon or message I preached. Today we will consider simply love, the greatest of these. Let's get our timer started, and away we go. Hear these words once again. This is part two of a small series on 1 Corinthians 13. So let's hear these words from 1 Corinthians 13 again. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver all my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. But we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three but the greatest of these is love. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, as I mentioned, this is a mini-series. This is technically part two in our seven-minute meditation podcast episodes. But this was also part of a larger series in which we had at my church um, several laity and retired pastors preach during about eight weeks of looking at the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And in some ways I'm calling this next portion, adding faith and hope in there as bonus fruits of the Spirit. Because I'm not sure that many of Paul's lists were meant to be exhaustive lists. Perhaps there are other fruits of the Spirit. In another episode, I talked about how maybe there even are vegetables of the Spirit. Those things that we, uh, as kids, struggle with or find hard to swallow, but we learn to, and we learn to enjoy them because the things that sometimes are hard to swallow in life are the things that help us grow the most. So we learn to eat the vegetables of the Spirit, so to speak. But here we conclude this small series, and we conclude the larger series on the fruit of the Spirit, by considering, once again, love. And so love is the 
point here. It is the fruit overall. Some would say that that is what's going on here. Love is the overall fruit. Think in terms of a citrus fruit. That's the image we actually used in this series. That there's the fruit itself, but then there's the citrus fruit that is uh, maybe like a grapefruit. You could cut it up into sections. And so you have love as the overall fruit, and then the sections of that include joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and things like faith and hope. So just to remind ourselves there, in the context of Galatians 5, where Paul lists the fruit of the Spirit, the works of the flesh are in contrast to the fruit of the Spirit. The works of the flesh, the word works is plural, as I understand it, also in the Greek and the English, but the flesh, or in contrast to the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit the fruit is a singular reality. So again, think of that image of a grapefruit or a citrus fruit. It's not multiple choice. It's not pick your top three favorites. As a matter of fact, in talking about the vegetables of the spirit, it would seem like things like patience and self-control ought to be more amongst the vegetables of the spirit. We can find the sweetness in joy and in peace and Maybe there's even some bitterness, as there is with some grapefruit, or some sourness. So maybe the fruit analogy works, maybe the vegetable analogy works, whatever works best for you. But all fruit will be present in the follower of Christ. All fruit will be present in the follower of Christ, while we may have one or two spiritual gifts. They may not be present yet, but they will be, and that's all about sanctifying grace. In a Wesleyan understanding, sanctifying grace is how we are moving on to be made perfect in love. So we could look at it this way. Another analogy is that a mother shows us God's unconditional love. As I understand it, for the first six to seven months, a baby does not differentiate between the mother and itself. They almost think of themselves as one being. So a mother really encapsulates, for the most part, an unconditional love. While the father represents God's elect love, God's choosing of us. The baby begins to understand that there's another person that loves them. So God is choosing us to be children of God, as we see in 1 John 3.1. So love is more than emotion. Hollywood would have you believe that it's that's all it is, something you fall in and out of. Love is not just liking. Sacrificial love of Christ shows us how to love the unlovable. Love is a verb. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love, as we read in 1 John 4, 8. So I want to think of this as we wrap this up, that um, God is love. So therefore, if we were to rewrite this in some fashion, we could say that 1 Corinthians 13 shows us that God is patient and kind. God does not envy or boast. And there's our time, but we've just got a few more points to make here. Um, let me say that again. God is patient if God is love. God is kind. God, God does not envy or boast. God is not arrogant or rude. God does not insist on God's own way. God is not irritable or resentful. 
God does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. God bears all things. God believes all things. God hopes all things. God endures all things. God never begins or ends. How about you and me? If we're striving to be Christ-like and follow in the footsteps of Christ, am I patient and kind? Do I envy or boast? Am I arrogant or rude? Do I insist on my own way? Am I irritable or resentful? Do I rejoice in wrongdoings or rejoice with the truth? Do I bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, and endure all things? I hope you'll consider these questions with me. So thank you for listening. We're past our time. Uh, feel free to share this and uh, rate us wherever you listen to podcasts to help help the show. To connect with me, please friend or follow me on Facebook. I'd love to continue the conversation with you. God bless you. Mm-hmm.